0: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz, and I have a lesson for you today that begins the summer quarter. The summer quarter, we will be studying Paul in the book of Acts, his journeys, his conversion from the persecutor uh, to an apostle, who loved Jesus Christ and served him as he traveled the Roman world. Uh, He became an apostle uh, after a most disturbing background. Uh, He referred to himself as one born out of due time. Um, He would take over a major portion of the book of Acts, the narrative that is in the book of Acts, and he leads us in his way of self-discovery to our own self-discovery he models for us the way that we can serve jesus christ in the totality of our spirit and he is that uh, man that's accessible to us through the holy bible so that uh, we can learn and grow in our spiritual faith. Today's lesson, this week's lesson, uh, focuses on Paul or Saul as the persecutor and is inclusive of Acts 8, verse 1, and Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. And I will read these from the New King James Again, Acts 8, verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So, as Saul, he had set out to destroy the church, the way, as many called it. Christianity, he said, was a dangerous sect. Now, this way, those who were of the way, or hodos in the Greek. Jesus in John chapter 14 and verse 6 said this, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, this way, this narrow way, is still the way to salvation through Jesus Christ and by the grace of God. But Paul didn't recognize it until he had had this experience on the road to Damascus and came to know Jesus Christ and became the man of faith that we know through the rest of the book of Acts. Um, Soon after Jesus appeared to him on the road, he he became to understand the focus of his mission. Uh, His mission was to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, Acts 9, verse 15, and Galatians 2 and verse 8. The gospel spread rapidly once Paul traveled from Damascus to Jerusalem and later across the entire Roman world. But first, Saul had to recognize who this was on the road to Damascus. And he had to overcome those things that he had learned. And he had to overcome the person he had become as the persecutor. Let us look at uh, verse 4. That's Acts 9, verse 4. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. This idea of kicking against the goads. Saul had been raised, as he called himself, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He had been taught, he had learned all of the Hebrew tradition and the Hebrew teachings. And yet, with the advent of Jesus Christ on the scene, this turned the Hebrew teachings upside down, and Saul became a persecutor because of his firm belief in the testimonies of the prophets and the books of what we call the Old Testament. Now, in, in Acts 22 and 4, we note that the apostle had this inability to recognize the truth. As Jesus says to him, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Meaning that the control aspect of one's life, that is the way, Paul was rejecting as Saul. He was rejecting those things that were the truth. And if he had just opened his eyes, as he was later to do, he came to recognize that fact, that he had been rejecting those things that were true. And sometimes in our own lives, we, we resist what we know to be truth. We resist those things that are the way that we should follow. And it makes our life more difficult. Jesus says to him, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Um, And in this, to persecute the church is to persecute Jesus. And that's what Saul was doing. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 notes, Now, you are the body of Christ, and individually, members individually. Ephesians one twenty two and 23, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all and all. This divine nature of Jesus Christ completes us. At this point, Saul was not complete. He was not complete until he recognized and followed the truth, the way. As we look in verse 6, Saul, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Saul had to put aside his own perspective. He had to put aside the Hebrew teachings and give in to what he came to recognize as being the truth. Saul was a man of standing in the Jewish community. He had been trained in one of the finest universities of the Greeks at Tarsus and he had been trained by famous contemporary Jewish teachers. He was fluent in Greek, Aramaic and perhaps other languages. He had no ulterior motive for becoming a Christian He had no motivation in his own life to becoming a motivation other than this calling, this recognition of Jesus Christ. He was, in fact, on his way, as we note in chapter 9, he was on his way to bring Christians to trial, to, to punish, to... Jail and even to kill those who were following the ways. But in a blinding light, Jesus appeared to him. And Paul fell to the ground. And he was asked, why are you persecuting me? And this zealous Jewish prodigy then recognized and confessed ultimately, Jesus Christ. In chapter 9, verse 5, Saul cries out, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Resisting a power, as Saul was doing, a power that's altogether superior to our own, is profitless and perilous experiment when that power is of God. The goad pricked more sharply the more the ox struggled against it. Similarly, individuals demonstrate this struggle against truth by violating the plain laws of God, by refusing to do what their conscience requires, by pursuing a course filled with unrighteous actions, by refusing to submit to the dealings of providence and in any way opposing God. Paul had been a blasphemer as Saul the oppressor of followers of the way. He came to know of the glorious hope of the resurrection of Jesus. He had been predisposed, though he didn't know it, to believe from the indirect teachings that he had received as a Hebrew, and now this direct experience transformed him into the soldier of faith we know. Paul came to know the truth. This truth is the God-given understanding that we serve a self-revealing God. The Son is the self-manifestation of the Father. Knowing the Son compels a believer to share the good news regardless of their circumstance. For example, Paul writes from prison in Rome to the Philippians, Philippians 1 and chapter 12, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Here furtherance is concerted action, concerted action. To advance, to progress, to promote, to spread the gospel into the hearts and minds of individuals. Regardless that Paul was in prison, or whether he was on the road, or by example, wherever we are in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we have that same opportunity to share the gospel, that, that commitment that uh, charge to do so, that commission. Luke 21 and verse 13 says, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. We have occasion for testimony. Paul had occasion for testimony, which we're going to study this quarter. But in order to testify, in order to follow the Great Commission, we have to have courage and nobility of service. We have to recognize the selfless servanthood attached to our role as those who would spread the gospel, bringing souls to Christ. When we do that, when we commit ourselves to that role and we share with one another, it becomes a contagious enthusiasm and and it develops a collective faithful obedience and it leads to hope for eternal life. Paul became a man of action He became a gatherer of souls. It reminds me of the narrative in Mark 6 and 43, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. The harvest is available. The fragments of a broken world, broken souls in the world, are available. We must become the gatherers, those who seek out, those who teach, those who bring souls to Christ. Paul is our model. In his modeling of Jesus Christ, he demonstrates leadership in crisis, in desperate times. Uh, We live in desperate times. We live in times of crisis. In order to serve in these times, in order to bring souls to Christ, uh, we must do at least five things, as noted. We must plan or design from the heart and the head. We must put the mission that we're given first in our lives we must aim for speed doing now what needs to be done acting in the now acting in the present we must embrace the truth we must own the narrative that we read about in the bible and we must embrace the long view, knowing that God's providence will overcome. His legacy, Paul's legacy, we will read about as we study this quarter. We will learn about church that stretched from Spain to Arabia, and we will study about the groundwork that Paul laid and the letters that he wrote that continue to inspire the people of God. It's a blessing that we have the technology available to do this. I want to thank the leadership, Lawrence Avenue Church of Christ. I want to thank Brother William Carruthers and, and all who continue to uh, serve as leaders for us, and I hope and pray that I'm able to convey to you those things that I've studied and those things that are written for us to understand in the book of Acts about Paul. Let us go to God's throne in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for sending your only Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, to this low ground of sorrow to walk and to model and to die on that old rugged cross that, that through him and by him we may come to know the truth, grow closer to you, and someday, if it be your will, Father, to be with you in heaven. We thank you for the the truth with the book of acts that we're studying this quarter we pray that we're able to um, study together to learn together to grow together and know you better as a result of this study we pray for those who are sick and shut in among us we pray for the grieving we pray for those who do not know you yet father We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Thank you, Father, for this study. Uh, Thank you for uh, Brother Paul that that, uh, is a model for us that we may follow Jesus Christ. Thank you for the brothers and sisters within the sound of my voice and all those who are studying this day. Thank you for all the many blessings that you bestow upon us. In Jesus Christ, we offer up this prayer. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast, and I hope to see you real soon. Bye now.